Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the messengers of John the Baptist had left, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine garments? Those who dress luxuriously and live sumptuously are found in royal palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom Scripture says, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people listened, including the tax collectors who were baptized with the baptism of John. Acknowledge the righteousness of God. But the Pharisees and scholars of the law, who were not baptized by him, rejected the plan of God for themselves. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the psalm that we just sang, the psalm that we just sang, We said, this is from Psalm 30, I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Okay, I want to start there. So, uh, I want to tell you a story. So when I was praying with that psalm, I was thinking about, like, Lord, when have I been rescued? All those things. Some of you know the story, because I've told you the story, but I think probably most of you don't know the story. So, I want to tell you a story of when uh, I met my guardian angel, and when God saved me from something that was really, really scary and really, really bad. So uh, we got some angels here. Raise your hand if you're dressed as an angel. Hi, angels. Okay, so, uh, so I was, when was this? I was uh, 15 years old, okay? I was a sophomore in high school. I was with my family and another family. We were in Colorado on a ski trip for winter break. And uh, my buddy and I, Chris, who uh, I've told lots of you guys stories about Chris and I. Chris, we were... I was a skier, Chris was a snowboarder, and we were at Copper Mountain in Colorado. We were skiing and snowboarding all day long, just him and I having a blast. He was really good, I was pretty darn good, so we were having a really good time. And in Colorado, you got these runs that are like, they're not just short little hills, they are mountains. So you are on this run for a long time, going from the very top to the very bottom. So it was towards the end of the day, and uh, Chris looked at the map, the, the trail map, and he saw that there was supposed to be a what's called a blue run so like a really easy just like not like a steep like but like a ah, kind of like part of the mountain there's this like three mile long blue run that uh, was supposed to be covered in fresh powder right so like really awesome skiing so like we both said how about we end the day by skiing down this part of the mountain the only trick was to get to that part you had to take your gear off so I had to take my skis off he had to take a snowboard off we had to hike up to this part of the, the mountain, and then you could ski down. So that's what we did. The parents in the, in the church today are probably going, this is already sounding like a really bad idea, right? Yes. Okay. So 
It's the end of the day, sun's beginning to set. We get to the top of this ridge, put, I put my skis back on, he puts his uh, snowboard back on, and, uh, and we just start going down. And it's like, this is awesome. This is so great. And then all of a sudden, this like really easy, yeah, turned into a, oh my gosh! Like it just got super steep. It got really super steep, okay? Not only that, but there was these moguls everywhere, so these big bumps all over the run. Now, I'm a good skier, but I, I'm not good enough to really handle these moguls. So Chris is flying down on a snowboard. He gets way ahead of me, and then I hit this one ridge of big, fresh powder. I, like, lose control. I end up, like, sinking down. Picture this as, like, a big pine tree. I come and just, like, whew, sink down right next to this huge trunk of this pine tree. And I'm, like, up to my waist in snow like totally stuck. I'm like, okay, 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 I can do this, I can do this. So I grab my ski pole, I'm like trying to get my ski off my boot. I couldn't do it. I'm like shimmying around, trying to clear some snow. I just couldn't clear myself out. And I'm calling down, I'm like, Chris! And he can't hear me, because he's like already down there. So I'm starting to think, like, this is not a good situation. This is a, this is a really not good situation, right? I am stuck. And like, the sun is beginning to set, there's no one else coming down the mountain. I pull out my cell phone, my flip phone, right? I pull out my flip phone. None of you know what a flip phone is, but I pull out my flip phone and I try to call my mom and no cell service because I'm on a mountain in Colorado, okay? I'm thinking, this is not good. And it's like getting to be cold. I'm like, this is, this is, this is a very scary situation. So this, is, this time in my life, this was before I had really met Jesus. This was before I really was like, a Christian, a disciple. So I don't know what came over me, just desperation, but I just like, was like, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. No sooner did I say that than out of nowhere, coming down the mountain is this like ski patrol guy. He's just like, I'm like, that guy can ski. Not only that, but he had this amazing ponytail that was just like, like flapping behind him, like in the wind. It was like this amazing thing. So this guy comes up to me, right, and he's like, hey, man, you look a little stuck. Can, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm really stuck. And so he comes up, and like, I didn't even realize it in the moment, but it was like he came up to me, grabbed me with one arm, and just goes, like this. One arm pulls me out of the snow. I was so grateful to be unstuck, I didn't realize that this guy, one arm pulled me, like all 200 pounds of me, out of the snow. Like, that's amazing, okay? So... He's like, hey, can you do moguls? I'm like, I can't really do this. So he's like, how about I just like help you down the mountain the rest of the way? So we're going, and he's like, and I'm behind him, right? We get down to the bottom. We get down to the bottom of the mountain. It's like dark now, right? He skis off. I ski off in this direction, and then he skied off in this direction. And I was like, I should turn around and thank this guy for like saving my life. I turned around to say, hey, thank you. And as soon as I'm about to say it, the guy was gone. Disappeared. Absolutely gone. Not making this up. Absolutely gone. And we're being like, that's really weird. You can see the tracks, and all of a sudden, there's just no tracks. Gone. Two things I learned from this story. My guardian angel can ski like no one's business. First thing, that's amazing. Second thing, my guardian angel has a ponytail that is also really amazing, okay? Third thing, God rescued me. Like, it's a very clear moment of my life where I was stuck. I was helpless. I couldn't save myself. 
I was in a very desperate situation, and God did something to bring me out of it. Friends, that's what this whole season of Advent is about. That's what Christmas is about. We were stuck. We were helpless. We couldn't save ourselves. Right? The opening prayer for Mass. We just heard this. The opening prayer for Mass. Unworthy servants that we are, O Lord, grieved by the guilt of our deeds, we pray that you may gladden us, make us joyful by what? The saving coming of your Son. Friends, we, we need to be saved. We needed to be saved. We needed to be saved. We needed a Savior, right? This is what John the Baptist, this is why Jesus is so excited to tell everyone about John the Baptist, because John the Baptist has this mission of telling people, look, like, we need, I need to prepare you for the Savior who is coming. And to prepare yourself for the Savior who is coming, you have to acknowledge the fact that you need to be saved. You have to acknowledge the fact that you have sin in your life, that you have stuff in your life that you struggle with, that you, like, no matter how much willpower you put to it, you can't make yourself stop doing it. John the Baptist's whole mission was a mission of proclaiming repentance. Say repentance. repentance. Say it like you mean it. Repentance. The mission of repentance, this message of repentance is saying, hey, listen, stop and turn around. That's what the word repentance means. That like there's things that you are doing in your life, there's a way that you're living your life that's just not good for you. You're going to end up stuck and helpless. You have to acknowledge the fact that the things that you are doing, the way that you're living, is not good for you. Stop. It's only once we acknowledge the fact that we are in so much need are we ready to receive a Savior. Like the tax collectors we hear in this gospel, it says the tax collectors were there and they were listening to Jesus and they were getting baptized by John because guess what? The tax collectors, they were these sinners. They were the people who knew that they had problems. They were the people who acknowledged the fact that they weren't perfect and they needed a savior. So the tax collectors were like, yeah, sign me up. I'll get baptized. I'm ready for this Jesus. It was the Pharisees and the scholars of the law, the people who refused to acknowledge that they had problems that kept themselves out of God's plan. That's what it says at the end of this gospel. It's so sad. But the Pharisees and scholars of the law who were not baptized by John rejected the plan of God for themselves. And what's the plan of God for them? I want to save you. I see that you're stuck by this tree, stuck in the snow. Can I help pull you out of it? And the Pharisees and the scholars of the law are saying, I'm not stuck. What are you talking about? I'm fine. This is exactly where I want to be. Do you think that's exactly where they really wanted to be, yes or no? No. No one wants to be stuck. But we, what we have to do is we have to acknowledge, yeah, look, Lord, there is stuff that I struggle with. There is stuff in my life. Lord Jesus, I need to be saved. Saved for myself. Saved for my sins that are going to destroy me. Jesus, I need a Savior. I need you. So friends, as we're getting ready to finish the, the, the school year here, before we're getting ready to go on Christmas break, you're going to have a lot of time to be with your family and friends at home over these, these next two weeks. And such a good blessing, right, being with family and friends, but it's also a lot of opportunity to, like, we're going to fall into sin with the way that we're not going to love like we're meant to love. We're going to not be as patient as we should be. We're not going to be as kind as we should be. We're going to be selfish. 
All of these things. And we have to acknowledge it and say, Jesus, I, I need you. I need you so much. I need you to save me. So friends, I want to challenge you today, tomorrow, these next few days as we head into break. I want you to just really become aware in your life of all the things, all the places, all the sins that you struggle with, all the stuff that you need Jesus to save. Is it selfishness? Is it unkindness? Do you have a grudge against somebody? Are you not forgiving somebody? Do you not listen to your mom and dad? Are you mean? Are you rude? Like all those things. All of those things. Jesus wants to save you from that. Amen?